1: Recorded live. Welcome to our Friday night Bible study on TalkShoe. Good to see you folks there in the chat room. It's a blessing and, a, and an honor for me. It's an honor to me for you to be there. How you doing, Brother Dave?
0: I'm doing good, Pastor Don. I'm looking forward to tonight.
1: Amen, brother. Well, we'll be in uh, part two of John chapter eleven, and Brother Dave said we left off at um at verse twenty six. Let's see. I have to get there myself. But we've gone. We um. I mentioned something the other night about um Mary and Martha, and we were talking about um the resurrection. We hadn't got into it full full steam yet, but we're fixing to. And this is fixing to be a great uh, one of the most dramatic things that the Lord did. Of course, it is raising somebody from the dead. I mentioned to you guys about the seven things, the seven signs or miracles that John. Picked out specifically to write down to you, and I and I um, ask you if you felt the Lord wanted you to to go study them out and and see how they apply to you as an individual. You can see your whole life if you're if you are a Christian and the Spirit of God dwells in you. You understand. You'll understand those these seven miracles. You'll understand that. You'll see the typology that is in those seven. Brother John, the way he he writes in the epistles as well as here in his gospel, and especially when he wrote down the revelation of Jesus Christ, things are ordered. John writes orderly. Not like the apostle Paul. Paul's everywhere. He's all all over the map most of the time. Like I've mentioned to uh, you guys before, Romans is the only actual theological work where Paul put things in perspective and in order that, he's, that, that we have of his writings, is the book of Romans. But anyway, we'll be here in John 11 tonight, and we'll, we'll be detouring shortly when we finish this resurrection thing, and we'll probably get into a little bit of John chapter 12, Lord willing. But having said all that, Brother Dave, if you would, open us in a word of prayer. And, Brother, if you will, please remember Brother Sergio, Brother Steve, and Sister Julie when you pray, and Brother Charlie, please.
3: Okay.
0: Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you thanks for this evening. And we thanks give you thanks again that tonight we get to go before the throne of grace, before, before the throne of our Father, and we get to hear... At the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ, the word being explained to us by the Holy Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ speaking to us on a one-on-one basis, basis, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in all of us. And Father, we thank you for that privilege because it's only by the blood of Jesus, it's only by the work of Calvary, it's only because we've been redeemed and preordained to such matters, and we take this moment to give thanks and praise and honor to you for that. And, Father, tonight I pray that the eyes of those who've been misled would be open, that the eyes of our understanding would be open tonight, and each and every one of us who could go away with some new things taught to us, some fresh bread, some fresh manna from heaven, Father, in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, I pray that... For all those who have needs like Sergio and and Charlie and Steve and Julie. Father, I pray that each and every one of their needs would be met here tonight. Yes. That the needs for health, that there would be healing, the needs for direction, the needs for education, the needs for consolation, the needs for comfort. The need for divine direction, Father. I thank you for divine direction and and reconciliation of families. And I pray for all those things to be done for each and every person who's in the chat room and for everyone who l- later downloads. And here's my voice and that of Don tonight teaching, Lord, that you will meet their needs when they ask you for the need to be met. And I pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. So be it
1: amen amen okay brother david if you would go ahead just go up and start in verse 24 and come back down through here okay
0: yes john chapter 11 verse 24 martha said unto him i know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day jesus said unto her i am the resurrection and the life he that believeth in me Though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this?
1: Amen. Well, right here the other night, I explained to you the two different bodies that he's talking about. Here in verse 25 and 26, and how the Apostle Paul writes about this, those of us that are alive and remain to the coming of the Lord shall go without dying a lot of the the pre-tribulation rapture folks will try to take this and make and put a and throw a pre-tribulation rapture in there, but it ain't got nothing to do with that, not at all. Anyway, the Lord's talking about I am, I am that I am. That's His title. The essence of God manifest in the flesh. God the Father and God the Son. These two are one: God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Father. These three are one. Apostle Paul calls it a great mystery, and it is. <laughs> you can't. There's no way if with your human fleshy mind you can explain the Father speaking from heaven and you, on in, in the same second hearing what's being said on Earth as a different individual. Okay, I've taken you back and shown you the two. Entities in Daniel chapter seven, and how the whole Old Testament is in programs gone by. We have went back and seen numerous scripture to back this up. The pre-incarnate existence of the Lord Jesus Christ is irrefutable, as far as I'm concerned. If you believe the Word of God, it's irrefutable. But anyway, he that he. And let's see, and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And the other night we took a little evangelistic trip through the Scriptures. And folks, like I mentioned the other night, what you've got today is a bunch of folks that, like the devils do, they believe, but like devils. Just because the devil believes... Doesn't make that doesn't do anything for that devil. They all believe. I mean, we saw some of them witnessing you. We know who you are. They are the Son of God. Well, that's what Mary did back up here when she said, Yeah, I know you're or she's gonna say down here in verse twenty seven, Yeah, I know you're the Son of God, which you'd come into the world. Big deal. That's not the gospel. As I may I think I made mention of that the other night. And believest thou this, Jesus says in verse 26, and just to tack one thing on to everything that I said the other night, Brother Dave, turn to Second Corinthians chapter 13 and read verse 5, please.
0: Okay. Yes. I can
1: quote it, but I want him to read it to you. This is Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, and if anybody's listening didn't listen to the programs of 1st and 2nd Corinthians, you'll understand why Paul stays on this bunch, okay? They're a bunch of carnal Christians, the ones that are really, have the, the ones that do really have the Spirit of God dwelling in them, they're still carnal. Paul couldn't feed them any meat, he just fed them milk because they weren't able to bear it.
0: But go ahead, brother, read it. Yes, 2nd Corinthians 13, verse 5. Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates.
1: And there Paul uses that two-letter word again, like you see in all of his epistles, in Christ. Those two words, that in Christ, in Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. And in John chapter 12, when the Lord starts talking about I am the light of the world, it should become a little bit more plain to you, the ones that don't understand that idiom of being in Christ. It should be a little more plainer. Will you always hear me talking about the light of the world and how you're the candles, the lit candles of God here on this earth and how they've been going out? And I'll I'll get into that a little bit uh, thicker probably when we get into John chapter 12. But anyway, Martha says, I know you're Christ, the Son of God, wish you'd come into the world, but that's not the gospel. Verse 28, Brother Dave.
0: And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master is come and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house, and comforted her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily, and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was, And saw him, she fell down at his feet.
1: Okay, stop right there. Stop at that comma right there. This is where you're going to find Sister Mary all the time. I made mention the other night in the previous program, she, out of all the characters in the Gospels, she's the only one that understood about his death, his coming death and resurrection. You find that out in the next chapter. See if you pay attention to what you're reading. Then you'll start understanding why she was the first one, why she was there at the tomb. All right? She was the first one that was able to go back and tell the apostles he is risen. This is the one that the Lord said, wherever this story is told, it will be a memorial for her. But John, like I mentioned last program, John's the only one that mentions her name in reference to that In the in, in Mark it talks about the act that she did, but John is the only one that brings her name up and in the first in the first verse, it says that that town was Mary's town, and in all the other gospels, it usually I think it's almost every time uses the word Martha first and then Mary, and I told you how they were a type. You could use them as a type of the physical carnal Israel and the bride of Christ. You could use these two. And as we get when we get into chapter twelve, I may make some points about that as we go down through that chapter.
4: But she's special. She's special. Any lady is
1: special that loves our Lord Jesus Christ. And I've made mention in other programs many times how a good, godly woman has spiritual insight a lot of times that a man does not have.
4: Okay? Especially
1: one that is that loves the Lord Jesus Christ, and there's no doubt about Mary's love. Now, Martha is always busy. Busybody, busybody, busybody like it says in Mark, cumbered about with overmuch business as service, never taking time to worship. Just like the Ephesian church obeyed all the Apostle Paul's commands from Acts chapter 20, except they forgot one. They They were right down the line on doctrine, but when it comes to relationship with Jesus Christ, they had left their first love. And he had to rebuke them. And Paul makes that plain in 1 Corinthians 13 or 16, 21 or 22, right in there somewhere, says, If any man love not our Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema maranatha, which means cursed till he come. The BS detector. You can always tell where somebody's heart's at by how much they mention the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Always. It never fails. At least I had not had it fail. You talking about spiritual things or the Bible, and you talk to somebody for 30, 45 minutes, just a general conversation when you first meet them, you pay attention to that stuff, see? You'll know where their heart's at, but what comes out of their mouth? Don't have to be no psychic you just gotta know the book. And you've got to have a relationship with him yourself on a personal level, on a heart level, not a head
4: knowledge, but a heartfelt knowledge. Don't ever forget that. That's the reason first John chapter one is there
1: in the Bible about the fellowship with God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the reason for confession of sin, daily confession, because you're a sinner, I'm a sinner. We're all sinners saved by grace, and we'll continue to sin this, until this flesh goes back to the dirt and disintegrates, or either that or a genetic rewrite at the second coming. That's the only two choices.
4: There is not a third There's not a third. That's the reason the
1: Father saved us by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves. What is grace? That's God's riches at Christ's expense. G-R-A-C-E. Unmerited favor.
4: Unmerited favor. And this bunch, we're going to see in a few minutes how hard-hearted they are.
1: We're going to see a difference in the Jewish believers and the Edomite Jews that couldn't believe. And then you've got still a bunch of our bunch that went about to establish their own righteousness, Romans chapter 10, verse 1 through 4, and have ne- they never have submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. And the righteousness of God is Jesus Christ. And if you're in Him, you have His righteousness. Theological sound doctrine
4: over and over and over again. If you don't have that down, you ain't got nothing down. If you can't get that milk, you sure can't get no meat. Believest thou this, huh? Amen, Lord. Amen. With the
1: heart, not with the head.
4: Continue on, brother
1: David.
0: She fell down at his feet, saying unto him, "Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died." When Jesus therefore She's saw spot her,
1: on. let me just a second, brother. She is spot on because I made mention the other night that there's not a recorded instance in the scripture where anybody died in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ while he was alive on this earth. see the thief the thieves on the cross they died Jesus died first the thief on the cross and the other then the other malefactor they died they, they didn't die until after Jesus died okay And after the Lord died, the new covenant came in effect. But it didn't until then. And that's why I have shown you that
4: critical fact that nobody else wants to deal with. Continue on, brother.
0: Verse eleven thirty-three. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, And the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit.
1: He groaned in the spirit.
0: Does that ring a
1: bell to anybody? Does that ring another verse up in
4: your mind? That word groan. Do you know somebody else that groans? Paul talks
0: about
1: (laughs) groaning. That's right. He talks about the spirit groaning. Because we don't have need what we should ask for, but the Holy Ghost has had knows what the mind of the Father is, and goes to bat for us. Yes, that's in Romans chapter eight, folks. There's a groaning right there, and here the Lord's groaning in His Spirit, because He loved John. you 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 wonder. Let's just stop and think about this for a second. Ponder this in your mind. He knows what he's fixing to do. What's he crying? He's fixing to, You're fixing to get the shortest verse in the Bible. What's he weeping for? Show? Of course not. It's showing the humanity. His humanity. And he's going to show his humanity. And in the same breath, he's going to show his sovereignty
4: and his power is coming up. Laid out right before your eyes. See? Got to keep this stuff in mind. Watch for this stuff when you're going through the scripture. Verse 34, brother.
0: And said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept.
1: Yep, that's the that's the shortest verse in the scripture. Let me send you on another little study, okay? The Lord, the the Bible only records three times where the Lord Jesus Christ wept. Do you know what the where they are? Over what subjects? Do you know?
4: One was Jerusalem. That's one. One was here, and. Uh... Mm-hmm. The other one was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Oh, Mm yes.
1: Now, if you take those three subjects that he cried over, folks, and you apply that theologically, see what you come up with. See if the Lord gives you anything on it, okay? See, that's the way you study the Scriptures, folks. It's not, the Lord cried three times. Well, those three times must be pretty important. Shouldn't they be important, Brother Dave?
0: Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Ah, Oh, yes. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. The creator of everything cried, showing his humanity,
4: here especially, and his love, Two times, it's about... I'm not going to tell you the answers. I'll let you study
1: it yourself. I may mention them later on. Go ahead, brother. Next verse.
0: Jesus wept, then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died?
1: Well, the answer to that is, of course, he could have. But... That wasn't part of the plan.
4: Things happen in our life all the time for a reason. No
1: different here. No different here with Brother Lazarus. Why do the righteous suffer and the wicked prosper? The whole book of Job's about that subject. This is just another example of, see, remember the first of the chapter when the Lord stayed two extra days to make sure Lazarus was dead, and then some folks want to wonder why they go through what they go through? See, when we understand that everything that's done, the reason we understand the reason we're here, what we're supposed to do, and who the boss is, It straightens out a lot of things in our life, folks.
4: A lot of things. All things that were created were created for
1: one thing, for his pleasure. Not yours, not
4: mine, not your mamas, your daddies, or children, for his pleasure. The very fact of putting Him first above all
1: those things I mentioned is a necessity for joy and spiritual understanding and fellowship with the Lord. Jesus first, others next, and you last. If you just took that one principle and spent seven days trying to apply it in your life. You'd be leaps and bounds above 98% of quote-unquote so-called Christians.
4: Especially in the time we live in, folks. Look around you. How could you possibly obey the Lord's commandment? Of love
1: thy neighbour as thyself if you don't put them first. I mean a lot there would be a bunch of rich neighbors, dead bunch be a bunch of well taken well
4: taken care of neighbors. You get my drift if you put others' needs ahead of your own. On a regular basis, not a once a year deal. The kicker is if you love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul, the second commandment comes easy.
1: I say easy, I'm talking about in the broad sense of the term. Folks, we all have trouble. We all have trouble. We have, in this day and time, in this world we live in, with all the distractions, with all the everything running at a breakneck pace all the false junk going on out there, just a lie after lie after lie after lie, propaganda after propaganda, even amongst so-called Christians, strowing discord among the brethren, wolves in sheep's clothing, a world system trying to drain you of every dime you got, lying to you about everything, it ought to be a not only an honor and your duty, but
4: a pleasure to spend time with the Lord and draw closer to it. Mary don't have that problem. She's spot on.
1: And the Lord commends her for it. He doesn't commend Martha for running around
4: work, work, busy, busy, busy all the time. There's not one place. But he does marry. You need to think about those things. Continue, Brother David.
0: Verse 38. Jesus therefore again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh.
1: Okay, I made mention the other day of how special this was. See, this is not like the widow of name's son and Jair- Jairus' daughter. They were quick deals, you know. They had just died. Lazarus had been dead four days. He I mean, his body has done seen corruption. That's the reason she said. But
4: now his body stinks, and she's spot on. This is a big deal.
1: And you think about the things that take place here. Think think about the order these things take place. The Lord's giving some commands. To give some commands right here. You think about that in spiritual light of yourself. Think about this stuff. Think about the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Think about who's in charge of all that,
4: of what you see coming down right here. Go ahead, brother.
0: By this time he stinketh, for he had been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldst see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father. Wait, just I a minute. Thank
3: whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. Wait, just a minute, brother. I think you skipped a verse. Man, in fact, I go back up and uh, start at verse thirty-seven and come down through there again.
0: And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, Saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days.
1: There's your first command. Take ye away the stone. Verse 40, brother.
0: Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, there. "Father, there,
1: just a second, brother, before you get into the red letters. Um, here, over and over again, where the dead lay in the grave, dead, been dead, stinketh, all this stuff, to, to, to press the point not know how hazard coming down through here yeah he's dead and then just go on to the deal that keeps on the holy spirit keeps on emphasizing hey this guy is stone cold dead on the market rotten rotten in the grave but
4: we were all dead in trespasses and sin folks All our righteousness was as filthy rags. First command take away the stone. The Lord's doing every bit of it. Almost.
1: See if you catch the difference. Go ahead, brother.
0: Father. I thank Thee that Thou hast heard me, and I knew that Thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that Thou hast sent me.
1: Absolutely, and here we could run a reference to John 17, but we're not. We're going to wait until we get to John 17, because there's so much revealed in John chapter 17. That we, that's where we'd be for the rest of the program. So we're going to wait till we get to John 17. But it, the Lord says, And I know that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it. Just because... You know something, don't mean somebody else knows something. And folks, like I mentioned a couple of programs ago, no man lives to himself and no man dies to himself. Your testimony before man, not
4: only with your mouth, but with your life, speaks volumes. see, You got an ad people
1: have an attitude today well I can do I don't care what that they just need to hear what I'm saying, you know. No, no, it doesn't work that way, folks. A lot of times your life speaks a lot louder than no matter how loud you scream
4: or what you say. Need to think about that. That's the reason Paul says what he says in Romans
1: chapter 14 about doubtful disputations and people that don't necessarily have the faith that you have in some areas. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is the man that condemneth not himself in the things which he alloweth. Okay? Paul handles it wisely. That's that's a wise bit of advice. Because no man lived to himself or died to himself. You have an influence on somebody. Husbands, your wives,
4: wife, your husbands, fathers, your children. You have somebody that you pay attention to in your life. Boy, oh, I'm my own man. I'm my own yeah. Uh-huh.
1: You keep spouting that stuff off. Talk to, the rock, talk to the wall somewhere. Maybe it'll believe you. I know better.
4: The book don't lie. He said, The Lord God, Father, I know you hear me.
1: And he's been praying in his mind. He's talking to his father in his mind. But now he's going to say it out loud. That's why Paul, one of the reasons Paul says, confess with your mouth. That's the reason the Lord says, he that confesseth me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. But he that confesseth me not before men, him will I not confess before my Father which is in heaven. Brother Peter says, always be able to give an account of the hope The reason of the hope that lies within you. Always. Shouldn't be any stuttering. Shouldn't be, well, I'm not a good
4: public speaker. Hey, it shouldn't be you speaking anyway. (laughs) You see? That's why it's always good to talk about your faith
1: openly around people that cannot stand it.
2: Okay?
4: (laughs) Build a little Christian character, okay? He died for you,
1: and you can't tell nobody about what he's done for you. You don't make an effort to tell somebody that you've been, you don't like the way they live, you don't like the direction they're going,
4: you haven't made an effort to explain to them what sets you on the right path? The Bible says, He that winneth souls is wise. In Daniel chapter 12, it goes so far as to say
1: that that those that turn many to righteousness shall shine as the
4: stars forever.
1: Go there and read it, Brother Dave. People think I'm making it up. I know you're not going to... Some of you folks ain't going to turn back there and read it. Daniel chapter 12. I think it's in verse 2 or 3.
4: Hebrews? Daniel. Oh, sorry. Okay. Folks, I don't talk about this
1: stuff much, okay? It's like I'm, I told you. I apologized the other night. Um, I have a habit of... Meat, doctrinal, strong meat, okay? And I explained it that's because that's the way I was originally taught. I had to choke it down, had to catch up with the program, okay, so to speak. And I apologize for not spending more time on this simp- the simplicity of the gospel and the simplicity of what you should do in a milk situation. Instead of learning doctrine, this is some of the stuff. He that win souls is wise. Be able to give an account to every man and ask of you the reason, the hope that life within you. You should be able to turn to every verse of Scripture and show what has changed your life. Which brings me back to something I talked about the other night. Was if the Spirit of God dwells in you, there necessitates. I said there necessitates a modification of behavior according to the Scripture, not according to my opinion. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, old things are passed away, all things are become new. If Jesus is my Lord and Savior, has come out of your mouth, and you profess Christ, It necessitates
4: some type of change in your previous behavior. Whether it be in
1: five days, five months, five weeks, five years, whatever.
4: That seed
1: that is in you must grow. And to grow, it will sprout forth.
4: It will bring forth the fruits of the Spirit. Read it, Brother Day. Brother Day. Daniel, yes.
0: Daniel 12, verse 1. And at that time shall Michael stand out the great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found, written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Okay,
1: number one, is he talking about Israelites? Answer, unequivocal,
4: beyond any shadow of a doubt, yes. Michael stands for the children of Israel.
1: So, why are... And you don't get to righteousness. Righteousness is not
4: brought about by realizing who you are. You see what I mean, jelly Bean? The reason I'm so hard on that on the bunch that's all they want to talk about. He just went his souls is wise. Back to John, brother.
3: Yes.
1: Now I know as brother Dave's turning back to um John chapter eleven, I'm sure that you recognized Matthew twenty four and Mark thirteen <laughs> in those phrases that the angel was telling Daniel. Because the Lord reiterates that in Matthew chapter 24 and Mark 13. Okay? Okay, Brother Day.
0: And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth.
1: Okay, here he is. I wonder if he hadn't said Lazarus, what would have happened?
0: Every grave would open. opened.
1: No, they don't nobody believe that, Brother David. They don't nobody believe that.
3: I do.
1: Of course you do. You know why he believes that, folks? Because that's what the book says. Well, I ain't never seen that. <laughs> Turn to John 5, Brother. Certainly. John 5. I'm going to show you how personal this deal is. I'm going to show you how personal this new covenant relationship business is, okay? Read verse. Start reading at verse uh, 26 and read down through. And, and No, just read verse 28. Listen to what he says, folks.
0: Okay. Verse 28. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming. In the which all that are in the graves shall hear His voice and shall come forth. they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation.
1: That is the resurrection, the general resurrection spoke of. That is the second resurrection spoken of in the book of Revelation, The general resurrection. That's not the Bema Seat. Because anybody that reads 1 Corinthians 3 knows that nobody is everlasting damnation. You can't find it with a finding machine in 1 Corinthians chapter 3.
4: That's the Bema Seat. It's the judgment seat of Christ. It's for
1: believers only. Not one single person there does anything other than get rewards or gets a or gets a bunch of purging fire, but yet the soul is saved. That's what it
4: says, folks. And unless you get the difference between the judgment seat of
1: Christ and the general resurrection, the general judgment, your doctrine will never be
4: sound. Never. Ever, ever, there's no way it could be because their works are judged for salvation at the general judgment. And that is the book of life that it
1: talks about at the general resurrection, not the Lamb's book of life. I've went through it before. not going to go over it again. But Lazarus here, he calls him by name. And if he was to say, come forth, arise, every grave would open because it's going to. He's displaying his power here. Now let's look at the personability of this. Turn to Matthew 2. Chapter, let me see, what is it, Matthew, oh shoot, Matthew, uh, John chapter 10. Go back to John 10, brother. Mm -hmm. I think it's in John 10, not Matthew. And read verse 3.
0: Watch what he says. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. He calleth
1: them by name. Here he calls one of his sheep for it, Lazarus. If he hadn't have said Lazarus, every
4: tomb would have busted wide open, folks. Back to John, brother. This is a big deal. Fox News cameras are here.
1: CNN, RT, everybody's here. This is a big deal, folks. <laughs> updated a little bit, who in the world could deny his deity now? Could anybody you know they you know what the old world idiom is sins believing Nope, they got it back backwards. if you'll notice in scripture believing always comes before sin. Oh, such a little thing that carries ramifications not only in doctrine but understanding the Scriptures. Did you hear what I said? The world says sin's believing. The Word of God says believing and then you see. Remember what John told Nicodemus back in John 3? Born again comes before seeing the kingdom of God.
4: Check me out. Don't you believe a word I'm saying? Go check it out. Then, a single you did not know when you were born, I've made this statement
1: in times gone by, believing. Your regeneration, actually, to get technical, straining it here in a way, but in biblical terminology, it's not. Because, check me out, believing always comes before seeing. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, okay?
0: What is faith? The substance of things hoped hope for, for, the evidence
1: of not seen. <laughs> believing in hope, and then they come. The just shall live by faith. It's like I mentioned the other night. Thomas, he told Thomas, because you have seen, you believe. But more blessed are those that's going to believe and have
4: not seen. The idiom holds through all through the New Testament, folks. The just shall live by faith. Now you got on if you've updates, you've got this big deal going on and every
1: camera is on this. And so of course the world's gonna believe now, right? Everybody's gonna get it. Man, this guy has come out of the grave, been there four days, somebody tipped off the news and they've been sitting there with the cameras.
0: <laughs> got a question in the chat room. Yes, you. Matthew asked, Is there a difference between hope and faith? they're basically
1: the same thing but they either but listen matthew either one it's not it's not just by belief alone it's not by faith alone okay each one real saving faith produces okay it produces. It's not, it's not like, like I mentioned a while ago, it's not like, well, the devil, like James, Brother James says, we're going to go there in a little bit. James says, the devil, you, you say that, believe us, you, you do okay. The devil's believe and tremble. So it's not just about head belief. That's the reason I scream, jump up and down, turn flips, go there all the time. It's the heart. 18-inch difference. 18-inch difference between the head and the heart. There's not a single demonic force in this universe, in eternity, whatever, that does not know who Jesus Christ is and believes he's real and believes that he did exactly what he said. What does that do for them? Absolutely nothing. That's why it's got to be with the heart. And that's why there's so many in our persuasion that ain't never tasted, have never tasted the Spirit of God and the truth of God. And I don't make any
4: bones about saying that. None whatsoever. And guess what? Though they may look like Snow White, Paul says,
1: Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. What part hath righteousness with unrighteousness? None. Absolutely none. Other than to turn, turn folks to righteousness by preaching of the gospel. In the wisdom of God, The world, by wisdom, knew not God, but it pleased God by the foolishness
4: of preaching to save them that believe. Does that answer your question, Brother Matthew? He said thank you. You're more than welcome,
1: son. Next verse, Brother Dave.
0: Verse 44. And he that was dead came forth, Bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him, and let him go. Okay, second command. Third, I mean third, Lazarus come forth, roll the stone
1: away, and here's these grave clothes. This is a problem that a lot of people have, okay? I'm talking about real, real Christians because of the lack of pure doctrine that's taught correctly and a love for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's these grave clothes. Paul says, reckon ye yourselves to be dead under Christ? Dead to this world, excuse me, but alive under Christ. That's what baptism is all about. It's a figure. Like when I baptize folks, Buried with him in baptism, that's a baptism of death. It's a picture of somebody dying and going under the waters of death, the waters of the grave. And when they come up, raised to walk in newness of life. I said newness of life. I didn't say, there, like I said earlier, there, there needs to be and de- demands a behavioral change in a true believer. The Scriptures demand that. Some kind, some way. Repentance is a change of heart, a change of mind, a change of heart, a sorrow for the way you live and a desire to do better. It's Simply put, that's the way it is. Some people don't have as much trouble as other people have. It's according to the way your life was lived previously and what you did previously has a lot to do with it.
4: Some things will nag you till the day you die. Like Paul said in the book of Hebrews, laying aside every weight in the sin which doth so easily beset us, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Every child of the father
1: has just enough, just enough fleas on them to remind them they dog. Now, if you approach that with an honest heart and with truth, you run, you understand why First John chapter one is in the Word of God. You understand that. That's milk, folks. That's milk. There ain't nothing about that strong doctrine.
4: There's nothing about that strong meat. And the Lord says, loose him. He didn't take his own clothes off,
1: did he? Tell somebody else, loose him and let him go. Turn to 2 Timothy while I'm talking, brother. Certainly. Loose him and let him go. Well, you just got through saying there's going to be a behavior change. There will be. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, work out your own salvation. With fear and trembling, it did. I didn't say work
4: for because that's, that's that's nuts. It's ridiculous. Works are for reward.
1: There is no works for salvation. Salvation's a free gift purchased by somebody else and given to you. Works
4: are for reward. Lose him and let him go. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Philippians
1: 2.10 For it is God that worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. In Second Timothy chapter 2 where Paul's talking about the household of God he lets you know plainly there's, two, there's, there's, more, there's more kind of folks in the household of God than, than a lot of folks think. They're two different kinds. This is
4: where free will kicks in, having to do with your reward. This is free will. And the Father trying to guide along
0: with the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ in you. Read it, brother.
1: Where it said, in a great
0: house there's many vessels. Verse 20, but in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor, and some to dishonor.
1: You got that, man, some to honor and some to dishonor in the household of God. Continue to read,
0: brother. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and Prepared unto every good work.
1: Bingo. Meet for the master's use, for it is God that worketh in you, both the willing to do of his good pleasure. See? You say, well, God can do anything he wants. Of course he can. But there'll be some kings and there'll be some priests. That's two different classifications. There'll be some that'll rule over ten cities. There'll be some that'll just rule over one. And then there'll be some that won't rule over squat. There'll be sh- some that's ashamed. First Corinthians chapter 3, Revelation chapter
4: 14, and Daniel chapter 12. We just read a while ago. Is how important it is now to get the act together?
1: Salvation is of the Lord. But works and your payday on the other side, as Brother Dan Allen used to like to say,
4: is totally up to you. But it's God that worketh in you both
1: the will and the do of His good pleasure.
2: See?
1: Back to John, brother.
0: Yes. Verse 45. Then many of the Jews, which came to Mary, and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. Okay. Many
1: of them did. But the next verse is the other bunch. Verse 46,
0: brother. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees. And told them what things Jesus had done. Now, man, this—can you imagine? You would—you would
1: think in your mind that if somebody saw what all these suckers saw, that every sap sucking one of them would have been falling down all over their self to pull a Mary,
4: wouldn't you? Wouldn't you think that? See, we for two over two thousand years now we have lived by faith. One of these days, somebody's
1: going to show up working miracles out in the open. Can you imagine, after over 2,000 years of the just shall live by faith, and then somebody showing up on the scene, working signs and great wonders before their eyes, could you see, now do you understand how there could be the, the, the tail end of a great
4: falling away? Why do you think the admonition of be not deceived
1: is stacked all around that little tidbit of eschatology?
4: See?
1: You see, I'm going to go ahead and mention it right here before we go any further. But I, I don't know if I've brought this up. But I think I said I was going to talk about but hadn't talked about it in detail yet. Let me explain something to you. You remember me making the comments about what the Jews said? This guy has turned the world upside down. We're going to see that in John 12. I'm going to make mention again of this simple thing. That That was a paradigm shift, okay?
4: From Genesis
1: chapter 10, from after the fall, from Genesis 3.15... you've had it's been a more it's been a polytheistic I'm talking about world okay I'm talking about ever swinging soul as a general rule before the resurrection it was a polytheistic world and uh, it was a matriarchal world with divine goddesses divine female gods Along with male gods, but the female gods that were that were everywhere it was matriarchal, it was polytheistic, and then there was a paradigm shift. The paradigm shift was the resurrection of Jesus Christ and then for the next two thousand years that's up and down up and down, but that's the way that was the main that was on the main burner.
4: Now as we come to the end of the age there's going to be another paradigm shift. And it's a paradigm shift of evil that looks good but it's going to be out of the pits of hell. Reciprocal. There's nothing new under the sun folks. If you don't understand that simple fact, you'll never understand eschatology. If you Mm -hmm. don't understand the past, you'll never understand the future. Those that understand the past have a grip on the
1: future. Those that don't, those that think everything's linear,
3: they don't have a
4: clue. Because it's anti-biblical. The scripture's plain. There's nothing new under the
1: sun and God requires that which is past. There's going to be a
4: paradigm shift and a strong delusion that the revelation says deceives the whole world except for a small elect few. And the Lord said, except he shortened the days, there'd be no flesh left alive. But for the elect's sake, he has shortened the days. See? But this is a gear up. This raising of Lazarus here, it's a gear up to the big
1: finale when Christ comes up from the grave. That
4: changed the world, turned the world upside down. Every nation, kindred, tongue on this earth realizes this. So you need to keep that in the back of your mind. Hey, it may not happen.
1: It may not happen for another 15, 20 years, folks. I don't know the timetable of the Lord, and I don't think anybody else does either.
4: But the signs are everywhere, all around us. The once, idiomatically speaking, the once blooming, blossoming tree of life, the blossoms have fell off, the flowers have withered, the leaves have turned
1: brown. And she's nigh unto cutting down. And I speak about the white, Christian, western nations of this world.
4: That turned the world upside down. That I talk about all the time. Fading.
1: With no sunshine on the leaves. Just a li- And there's only a few
4: green leaves left. And that's the way it'll be at the end. A few left. all the preterists and all the, you know, the post-millennialists, that, oh, there's going to be grand revivals and all that stuff, and all that stuff. You know, Sir Isaac Newton prophesied about this time we're
1: living in today. I've quoted his quote before, but I've done forgot it now. You remember what it was, Brother David?
0: I'm sorry I don't.
1: Yeah, it slipped my mind. I hadn't mentioned him in so long, but he saw it coming. He saw it coming, and during the time that he was alive, it was it was almost everybody in mainstream churches were post millennial. But he saw a change coming, and he had he was, he was spot on. And where you find that post millennialism and that thinking that everything's getting better and better and we're they're gonna we're gonna bring in the kingdom, see? <laughs> that's it's always a bunch of allegorical,
4: metaphorical Bible deniers that believe that. Always, that's what you find. But the Lord raises Lazarus. Sets the precedent for what's coming
1: shortly because he's, he's, we're fixing to enter into that time period of the passion coming up. In the next few chapters, we're going to get into it. But this guy, can you imagine? Just think about what's not said here in the scripture. Go ahead and keep on reading, Brother David. I'll, I'll stop you in just a second and I'll make a comment about it.
0: But some of them went their ways. Their ways. You know, Pastor Don, when I was reading that, they went their ways. And you've covered this, but I just feel led to say it in a little different ways. Go ahead. When your way crosses God's way, it's your way that has to be put on the altar. It's only and always His way. He is the one way, the truth and the life. You have to lay it down. Many times a week, there are people that hear the word of God that could repent, could cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ and be born of the Spirit of God. They hear, they see a miracle, they they hear a confession of a miracle, they see what God's done for somebody, and they go their way. Mm -hmm. And I just feel that there's some people, probably not here in the chat room, but who are going to listen at some time in the future, and they're one of those people. And I want you to not be counted among those who went their own way, but go his way. Go the one way, the truth, and the life. Give it up to the Lord Jesus Christ. Ask him to save you. Get on your knees and cry out to God. Cry out to Jesus to save you, and he will.
1: Amen, brother. He that cometh unto me I will in no wise cast out. Amen. That's what he says. Amen. And if the very fact the desire's in your heart and the conviction's there, that's the spirit of God drawing you. So there is no excuse. If there is no conviction and there is no sorrow down inside, there is no there's no spirit drawing. It's not a mental decision. See, you've got some out there. Well, I'm not going to go there tonight. But there is. I, yes, I will too. I have listened to some folks in years gone by that are of our persuasion i've never heard testimony i've never heard when it's all i've never heard the exaltation of the lord jesus christ being put on a pedestal never heard about personal servitude to him yet they've got flocks that just eat that junk up
4: what they're selling and I'll say I'll, I'll just go ahead and say this
1: if by some stretch of the imagination the spirit of God dwells in them woe be unto them at the judgment seat of Christ folks when Paul says in 2nd Corinthians chapter 3 verse chapter 5 verse 11 or 12 Therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord, we, shall, we persuade men. Paul's not whistling Dixie, folks. That's the judgment seat of Christ he's talking about. He's warning the Corinthians again. He's done told them in 1 Corinthians 3. Now he's reiterating it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For we all must stand before the judgment seat of Christ. That's what he says. Get it, and give an account of those things done in the body. Whether they be good or bad. Therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord we persuade men.
0: Amen. Amen. That's for sure.
1: All right, brother Davis, go ahead and go on here in John. But
0: some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, What do we? For this man doeth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. Okay. What
1: are we going to do? The Pharisees. And the council said,
4: we leave it alone, everybody's going
1: to believe on him. Well, that was not true. That's what they thought. And like I said, eventually, we turned the world upside down.
4: Founded nations, just all kind of stuff. Not going to go into all that stuff. Anybody
1: that knows history knows it's true. They didn't go east to
4: China or Japan, they went west, so that part of what they was worrying about did take place, and it did turn the world upside down. We did, and he said, Here Rome shall come and take away both our place and nation.'
1: Thirty-nine years later, spot on.
4: And I think
1: it's in Luke 16. The Lord tells them why it happened.
4: Now here comes O Caiaphas.
1: In verse 49, Brother Dave, go ahead.
0: And one of them, named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, Ye know nothing at all. (laughs) This is where this sucker is inspired of God to give a
4: true prophecy. What you going to do with this? This sucker is also the one that's going to gnash with his teeth and rent his garments when
1: the Lord claims to be the cloud rider of Daniel 7 later on.
4: Here he's fixing to make a prophecy that's absolute fact. This is a, a true
0: prophecy he's fixing to give, folks.
2: Continue, brother.
0: But wouldn't you say that he kind of thinks it in a different way than the way the Holy Spirit presents it to us? Now? I think
1: the Holy Spirit's the one that spoke through him because yes. he makes this right here. Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's God that's doing this, okay? Yes.
0: It's just like, it's just,
1: listen, let me give you an example. It's like Saul back in the Old Testament. Demon-possessed Saul (laughs) prophesying. okay? It's just like that. The evil spirit come in and he runs, around. oh, David, David, my son, my son, oh, David, my son. And demon-possessed Saul making prophecies back in the Old Testament. This is a perfect case of it happening up here. Mm Yes. That's what's going on, folks. It's not that Caiaphas was no born again Christian, and no, that's not what it's about. It's just a, it's showing you, hey, God used Balaam's
4: ass to get a message across, okay? <laughs> he used a donkey. Well, here the he's way using I, a Jew. <laughs> yeah, the way I, I think he was
0: thinking it is, hey, we got to kill this guy, or we're all going to be killed.
1: Well, let what he yeah, but destroyed. you got when you watch what he says, you're going to understand this is straight out of the mouth of God. Continue oh, on.
0: Amen. The Holy Spirit gave it to him. That's but right. He didn't believe the well, Holy. Of course, Ghost. he didn't because yeah. he, did, he
1: did. what what's coming up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. And this spake he not of himself, but being, mm-hmm. but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation. Okay, him being the high priest that year, he had read Isaiah 53. He had read
1: Psalms 22. And the Spirit of God comes in there and bloop,
0: out comes the prophecy. What is that prophecy?
1: Verse 52, brother.
0: And not for that nation only, but that also he should gather together in one the children of God that... We're scattered abroad,
1: bingo. And folks, I'm gonna tell you something. This is where I, I part company with a lot of my brethren. They'll they'll talk. They'll they will they will talk they will they are so good on some doctrine. The way they run references. I'll give you an example of one of them. There is no way in the world that brother brother Mike. I'm just gonna leave. I'm not gonna call his last name, but David knows who I'm talking about. There's no way with his knowledge of how to study the Word of God, being straight King James, could run across this verse and not connect it somewhere else. Turn to James 1, brother. Yes. There's no way. When they see something like this, they'll just over it and won't stop and study it. Everywhere else they'll stop. Well, this is a reference to this. This is a reference to this. Well, why didn't they do it here? If they did it here, they would understand the few verses coming up. You get a second witness to what he's talking about in verse 54. It doesn't say it per se, but it uses a name that ought to the Spirit of God ought to go, Bing, I need to look this up. I need to look at other verses and uh, and, and other context to see what what's going on here. See, that's the ones that interpret Hosea chapter 1 and 2
4: wrong, folks. The Anglo-Israel truth's all in here. I did it myself, folks. I
1: know I'm telling the truth about these folks. It's not that they're mean. It's not that they're wicked. They don't want to see it. <laughs> Go ahead, brother. Read James one one.
0: James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad.
1: Bingo. Now, listen, listen,
0: listen, my
1: brethren out there that listen to this, that that think that I'm a heretic for teaching the Anglo-Israel truth. Why didn't you run the reference here? Why didn't you run the scattered? Why didn't you run it? Why didn't you run the reference? Scattered abroad. I thought they were all amalgamated into the Gentiles. It doesn't say Gentiles here. It says God's children scattered abroad. You got a second witness in James 1 1. If you didn't understand Hosea 1 and 2, you'd finally get it put, the Holy Spirit would put it together. If you would be as honest about studying this and not worried about somebody bad mouthing you, calling you a heretic. I'm speaking to some of my brethren, I know, that listen
4: to this program, folks, by the way. Back to verse 43, brother. Yes. But you, did you notice in 52 here, he says, and not for the nation only. Did you catch that? Come Not for the nation only but that also he should gather
1: together in one. Remember what Paul said in Galatians? In Christ there's neither Judean, Jew,
4: Scythian, male or female, bond or free. In Christ, identity goes away. In Zechariah, the Bible plainly tells you that the tents of Judah would be saved first. And then gathering together. This is exactly, that's what came to pass. Verse 53, brother.
0: Yes. Then from that day forth they took counsel together for to put him to death.
4: From that day
0: forward, after making,
1: I mean... After making that prophecy up here, O Caiaphas, and from that day forward, from what day forward? From the day of Lazarus' resurrection. Can you imagine what was going on? The Bible is silent. John is silent. Don't you ever wonder what was going on between Mary and Martha with their brother? Whoa! What happened, man? What all did you see? Where did you go? Can you imagine the conversation? Can you imagine all the gossip, all the talk that was this was going wild? You know that this made a this made a big hoopla
4: on the evening news, so to speak, because of the next chapter the way it starts off. But don't you
1: ever wonder what the what the Bible's clear about what it says, but it's super clear really about some of the things it don't say. Wouldn't you have left to know? It was so it, it so speaks so loudly that there was some extra canonical trash written later on in the second, third, fourth century by somebody. Oh, this is the Book of Lazarus. Lazarus's sayings. I forget exactly what it's called. You've you heard of that, brother David?
0: I've heard of different things about how they say you know Lazarus went teaching and all that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's some truth to it, but
1: anyway, it's not the word person. of God. No, verse 53.
0: Yes. Then from that day forth they took counsel together for to put him to death. Jesus therefore walked no more openly among the Jews, but went thence unto a country near to the wilderness in a city called Ephraim. Bingo.
1: You see, if the spirit, if somebody's looking for the truth, folks, and they come down through here studying the Word of God. See, some some of what I'm talking about is foreign to some of you folks. Because you don't understand putting line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. See? You don't understand that. See, when you run across phrases, remember me giving you that testimony the other night about how when my eyes first started being opened, how I typed in a... Into a, um, a strong concordance online, and bingo. That was that. Was, I was off to the races when I understood something that I didn't understand before. I just believed what what I was taught, even though I knew the book. I still wouldn't go against what I was taught. But when I pulled it up and looked at it for myself, it wasn't what I was being taught. And I didn't tell y'all the other night what that what that phrase was. Well, I'm gonna tell you tonight. It was a thief in the night. I typed in those words, a thief in the night, and every place that that phrase occurs in Scripture popped up in front of my eyes, and I saw that I'd only heard about two of them
4: and not heard about the rest. See? And right here, anybody doing a
1: word study that ran across scattered... And had read the Word of God, and not just pick and choose what they read, but had been through and through the Scripture, would have remembered. I've seen that. But I'm running reference on that. Bingo! It would have come up in James one one in reference to the twelve tribes who their thought was amalgamated among the Indians and Japan or anything else other than our people. Oh, they
4: was They was caught up in the other nations, and they were this, and they were that. Well, who
1: in the world is James writing to then? I thought they were lost. I thought they was lost today.
4: Well, how did James write to them? <laughs> Just simple
1: stuff like that. Brother Marty, I know you're like, you're going to listen. Brother Marty, why don't you think about Well, I know what you're going to say. Well, James, that's written to the Jews. No, brother. No, it's not. Genesis one to Revelation twenty two is written for you and for me. All the word of God.
4: You better leave that hyper dispensationalist junk alone, brother. Go ahead, brother David, keep on reading. That's yeah. another download. <laughs> Let me just spell this out for anyone
0: who's like me, a little bit slow at times. Children of God that were scattered abroad. Okay, Jesus left the Jews. I'm finished dealing with you people, and he left. Where did he go? Ephraim to the lost sheep who are scattered abroad yeah, absolutely. the British Isles. Turn Amen. to
1: turn, turn to Hosea one, brother. Let's just get this on out. Turn to Hosea chapter one. Okay. But see, a lot of our brethren out there don't read don't read this stuff, folks. They won't even go back and study it. I used to be one of them. You can't deny this. I, I know I made mention ad nauseum before. How the gen, my genius Bible teacher laid his commentary down for 15 years because he never would deal with this. And finally he just picked it up and finished the commentary and put in the party line, okay? But he saw it. He realized it. As a matter of fact, in his, in his he, he got a, he's got a, a y'all have heard of Schofield Reference Bible. Well, there is, Dr. Ruttman put out a Bible called Ruttman's Reference Bible. It's King James Bible with all of his notes in the Bible. He lists every heresy that's out there. Jehovah, Witnesses, Mormons, all down the line. Catholicism, boom, boom, boom. And shows scripturally what's wrong with every one of them. Got a whole list. And when you get down, there's a there's a the Anglo-Israel truth or British Israelism. He doesn't say a word. He skips to the next heresy and starts laying laying out Scripture to show where they're wrong. He does not lay out one Scripture to say that the Anglo-Israel message is wrong. Not one. What does that tell you? He loved the praise of men more than he did the praise of God. That's all I can all I can come up with. But anyway, Brother Dave, um, start reading about verse um, 9. Okay. No, no, you're going to have to go up a little bit further. Go to verse 3.
0: Okay. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Diblaim, which conceived and bare him a son. And the Lord said unto him, Call his name Jezreel, for yet a little while. And I will avenge the blood of Jezreel upon the house of Jehu, and will cause to cease the kingdom of the house of Israel.
1: You got cause to cease the kingdom of the house of Israel. Well, who did the house of Israel consist of? Everybody but Benjamin and Judah, and maybe a few Levites. Okay, that's who it consisted. That was all of Judah. Judah and Benjamin were the two left out and the rest of the ten
4: were the ones all of the house of Israel. Kendra, he says he's going to do away with them. He's going to cause to cease the kingdom of the house of Israel.
1: Now do you see how important it is brethren out there that listen to this? that claim to be rightly dividers of the word of truth, you remember one of the first things that you learn in studying the word of God is the law of first mention. How important it is. Because the Lord has put the word of God together where the law of first mention of things pop up it's going to hold precedent and it's going to be important throughout the rest of the word of God. That's what hermeneutics teaches. Well, why in God's name did not you pay attention to the law of first mention when it comes
4: to the name Jew? Where the first place in the Scriptures the word Jew pops up is 2
1: Kings chapter 16, verse 6. Anything prior to that, there is nowhere you can find the word Jew from Second Kings sixteen six back to Genesis 1, 1. It ain't there. Abraham wasn't a Jew. Moses wasn't a Jew. David wasn't a Jew. Solomon wasn't a Jew. None of them. Jacob wasn't a Jew. Abraham wasn't a Jew. Joseph wasn't a Jew. There is no Jew. And the law first mentioned that you out there believe and 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 preach it from the housetop. You go to study and always remember the law I first mentioned. Well, why
4: didn't you do it here? There's a there, you got a block in your mind. If you'll be honest in your Bible study, because in Second Kings
1: sixteen six, the Jews are fighting the house of Israel. So. A right division
4: makes you understand that they're two different sets of dogs. That's what that should teach you. They're not Israel, they're not they're Jew. That's the first place it
1: comes
0: up. And they're fighting Israel.
1: Continue reading, Brother Dave.
0: Yeah, and uh, that's absolutely a fantastic point, and that's why the King James translators correctly used the word Jew and not Judah.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, brother. Only Bible deniers come up with the excuses that they come up with, brother. That's right. Really, I'm not. I'm not, even, I'm not even going to give them the time of day anymore. Continue reading, brother.
0: Verse five and. It shall come to pass at that day that I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. And she conceived again, and bare a daughter. And God said unto him, Call her name Loruhamah, for I will no more have mercy upon the house of Israel. I will no more
1: have mercy upon the house of Israel. That's but where I, that's where the that's where ninety nine percent of Bible scholars stop at the semicolon. That's where they stop, or else they'll read the next few words and they'll make it, and then they'll run over and find a couple, two or three folks, and try to throw them in there as being the Israelites. It's talking about here. I know what they do, folks. Or they'll try to make this. Past the semicolon, they'll try to throw it into Romans eleven nine, saying that this is the remnant out of that Israel. I know what they do. Completely disregarding the promise that God made to Father Abraham that he would be the father of many nations.
4: Them sap
1: sucking hook nosed Edomites ain't been hadn't had a bunch of nations in their history.
4: They're the bad figs of Jeremiah 33. Naughty figs. To be hunted down. Go ahead, brother. Keep on reading. But I
0: will utterly take them away. But I will have mercy upon the house of Judah and will save them by the Lord their God. And will not save them by bow, nor by sword, nor by battle, by horses, nor by horsemen.
1: Nope, that's not it. this is the tents of Judah.
0: They talked about it in Zechariah, the
1: tents of Judah will be saved first. He mentions it first right here. Verse eight, brother.
0: Now, when she had weaned Lohuham, she conceived and bare a son. Then said God Call his name lo for ye are not my people, and I will not be your God.
1: He's talking
0: to the house of Israel, folks. He tells you in the very next
1: verse. He tells you in the very next verse. Go ahead, brother.
0: Yet the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured nor numbered. And it shall come to pass, that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there it shall be said unto them, Ye are the sons of the living God. Paul makes a direct quotation of this
1: in Romans chapter 9. How they missed it, you can't miss it. Unless you got a missing machine attached to the back of your head. Or you just don't want to believe what the Word of God says? Verse 11,
0: brother. It's interesting. After World War Two and all the people were coming out with numbers and figures of how many Jews there were on the earth. They huh? had them all numbered.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, the Word of God says you can't number the house of Israel. There'll be so many of them, you can't number That's them. That's exactly what it says, brother. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, hey, I
1: mean, and another thing, since you're talking about after World War II, the mm-hmm. very l- ludicrous idea that the, that Germany killed six thousand Jews is so ludicrous,
3: yeah. it's
1: the absolute. And I hear people talking about it today. It, may, it makes me want to throw up. It really yeah. does.
0: Absolutely, there weren't even six million in Germany. That's that's what I was fixing to say, but there yeah. weren't even that many there. <laughs> They would have had to kill everyone that was in Europe.
1: Yeah, and, and folks, in EU downloaders, that's not propaganda. That's not, oh, they're reading that on the internet. Go check it out if you've got the guts to do it. If you have the guts to do it, or
4: else shut up and run along, kitty. Don't get hit in the traffic. Continue, brother.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's so funny to me. Every time we run into this, and I think in my mind, I just shake my head because, you know, there's so many people. They know they can't trust the public fool system. They know that Hollywood is just a bunch of nonsense. They know they hear baloney on TV. They know that teachers teach them made-up history. And yet, when it comes to the Holocaust or That's World right, War II, I know. They just by the party line. Like, hey, they said it. It makes me want to
1: pull my hair out by the roots, brother. I, I just can't understand it. it. It's like I mentioned the other night, folks, about Bible doctrine. They have all they have all the doctrine right except for one. They got the foundational doctrines straight up. But they're wrong about one. And I switched it around and I said, and our persuasion got one doctrine right and the rest of them wrong. What a trip. What a trip. Verse 11, brother.
0: Yes. Then shall the children of Judah and the children of Israel be gathered together and appoint themselves one head. And they shall come up at the out of the land, for great shall be the day of Jezreel.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely
0: the children of Judah and the children of Israel.
1: That's who the new covenant is made with. The children of Judah and the children of Israel. And the third time it's mentioned, it just mentions the house of Israel. And it's the Israel of God in Galatians 6.20. And... That's that's all. I'm going to deal with it right now. Back to John, brother. Yes. What time is it, by the way? What time is it? How long Um,
0: is it? 8.45. I've got, uh, I think, your clock's a little different. Brother Kevin? Um, Hour and 40 minutes.
3: Okay.
1: Let's go a little bit further. We'll go down and try to finish this chapter, and then we'll stop. Because I I was wanting to go to a different place, but I know we'll be there for at least 45 minutes, and I don't want to go no three hours tonight. Go ahead.
0: Jesus therefore walked no more openly among the Jews but went thence unto a country near to the wilderness into a city called Ephraim and there continued with his disciples and the Jews Passover was nigh at hand and many went out of the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves then sought they for Jesus, and spake among themselves, as they stood in the temple. What think ye, that he will not come to the feast? Now, both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given a commandment, that if any man knew where he were, he should shew it, that they might take him.
1: Absolutely, they wanted to kill him, right off the bat. and Lazarus, the thing that happened to Lazarus was just absolutely freaking them out. It was, it was causing people to. You're gonna find out in the next. We'll just turn to chapter twelve real quick, brother. Yes. And and let me get over there myself, and just read the first few verses, and we'll see if see if I'm telling you about the popularity of Lazarus. Can you imagine? Okay. Can you just think? Just think about this. Think. Just think. Just pull away from the scriptures for a second and think about this. In, in in the light of today, now, I'm saying this for a reason, okay? Just wonder if there was somebody that this, um, how do you put it on? Uh, this person was running around telling everybody, okay, like this, like who was that idiot that said the rapture was going to take place a few years ago and had all these people following him? And uh, what was his name, Brother David? Well, he had a radio program and... Um, I can't think of his name. Uh, shoot. Had all these people believing they was going to take off from the earth. I'm talking about a bunch of folks. Had a popular radio program.
0: Harold Camping. You remember him? No, sorry. No. Nope. Didn't know him up here in Canada. Wow.
1: Man, he I, had, I heard about him. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he. But just imagine, just imagine that it was a hell Camping type person had, had for years been saying this is going to happen on this date. And let's let's switch it. Let's flip-flop it. Say, such and such is going to be raised from the dead. This is going to happen. He's going to be raised from the dead. This person, the Lord has showed me this person is going to be raised from the dead. Going to be raised from the dead. Fox News, CNN, RT, all the news, they come to the grave. And all of a sudden, this guy shows up, and he says, Roll away, or open up, mausoleum and the casket's creek, and all them scary movies you've seen, and all the Dracula rising from the dead, all that, those idioms and all that typology down through the ages, and all of a sudden out pops this person. But the thing about it was, was prior to this guy saying that this person was going to rise from the dead, everybody on national television saw him get killed. And then the guy starts telling everybody he's going to raise from the dead. And he does. Can you imagine if one resurrection caused a paradigm shift? And for 2,000 years it's been by faith alone, no sight. And then in a lost, wicked, uncharacter, ungodly world, somebody prophesies that somebody is going to die and raise from the dead and they do it again. Can you imagine the paradigm shift that would take place? Did you know your Bible talks about that happening? Oh yes. You didn't know the beast was wounded unto death and after three days came back? You didn't know that? Well see, if you'd leave your flipping allegorical crap alone, you might get you might start understanding some scripture.
4: Remember how all through the Word of God we've talked about we've talked about counterfeit and typology. Well, there's going to be another counterfeit. That's not my. That's what it says.
1: That's what it says. Be thinking about that before we get to the Book of Revelation. Any questions in the chat room? No, sir. Okay oh uh, that's right I'm g- going to get you to read a little bit in chapter one and show you the popularity of Lazarus. Go ahead and start reading in chapter one chapter twelve, brother twelve
0: verse one. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. there they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard. Okay, Very we're, we're,
1: we're going to stop. We're going to stop at verse 2. We're fixing to get off into some deep. Hey, we're going to get off on another trail right here in, in verse 3. But anyway, Lazarus is at this supper, and a little bit later on, you're going to see where they say, and all the people that believed on Lazarus, the one who was raised from the dead. I mean, he's he done, he done hit. He made he's popular, folks. Wouldn't you love to have a chit chat with him after he got washed up and took a shower and got his clothes on, put his blue jeans and his t shirt on, and sat down to eat? Wouldn't you really? Wouldn't you like to have a conversation with him?
0: I was thinking he probably was gained about twenty pounds going on the full gospel breakfast circuit <laughs> and uh, full gospel you know, fellowship, those, yeah. yeah, and eating <laughs> all those chicken dinners and everything, huh? Yeah, yeah, I, that's,
1: that's right, brother. Absolutely. But you,
0: you need to think about it. It's not being
1: irreverent to think like that, folks. The Lord will open your mind up, you will. Okay? You don't have to change the Word of God to make it interesting. You don't have to change the Word of God, okay, to understand it. If the Spirit of God dwells in you, it'll show you where the... If you see what you think are problems, just understand this. The problem's not the book. The problem's you. And the, well, the Lord may not w- want to show you yet. Hey, he let guys walk with him for three years It didn't have a clue.
4: <laughs> they didn't have a clue. And they were walking with the big W word of God. And like I said, the only one in the bunch
1: that understood it, and we're going to find it out in a few minutes, that he's going to die was Mary. And you can't find out. And now the others you'll find out later on. Well, thinking back, they remembered that he said such and so. They remembered. In other words, it's hindsight. Most of prophecy is looking back and realizing that it took place. But see, Mary's setting the precedent for a little bit of advanced revelation of what's coming. Just thought I'd. Throw that in to knock the wheel off them turning so smoothly. <laughs> and if brother David will remind me the next time we meet this coming Sunday night. I'll take you and show you the two the two witnesses that dictate that you can know what's coming in the future. Not according to my opinion, but according to the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter. I'll take you to the scriptures and show you. I will do that. Okay, brother. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time we've had tonight to open your book, Father, and have a good time of fellowship around your word. Father, I pray that you'd give each and every one in the chat room, answer their prayers, give them a blessing, Father, watch over them, take care of them. If there's any sick, please heal them up, Father. Yes. Heal up their wounds, heal up their wounded heart if it's uh, emotional problems, Father, heal up their mind. Father, you know their needs. Holy Spirit, make intercessions for them because you know the mind of the Father. And you know what each one of your children need. And Father, I pray that you'd answer those prayers on wings of eagles speedily, Father. Give them a taste. Give them a divine taste, Father, of the New Jerusalem. And whatever you do, Whether you do it or whether you don't, we'll still give you all the honor and the praise, Father, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. In
0: Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Contact information for Don Spears' ministry. Telephone number 334-397-2333. The email address is joydon1953. Joy Dawn 1953 at yahoo.com. Address, mailing address 3155 Louisville Street. Apartment D1, Clio, Alabama. Zip code 36017. Three six zero one, seven, thanks for listening, everyone. All right,
1: brother Dave, before you leave, uh, folks in the chat room and those that did wasn't here live tonight, I was going to in the last chapter in chapter eleven, and what we'll do um Sunday night, Lord willing and health permitting, I'm going to take my new listeners on a journey and show you why Luke chapter sixteen, the story of Lazarus and the rich man. Is not a parable. I'm going to show you why. I'm going to take you to the Scripture. Let the Scripture show you why. Every Scripture that deals with that subject, because the reason I'm going to do that is because literal, biblical literalists rest a lot of their doctrine, theology, and everything that they teach and believe on that chapter, okay? That, it, that it, That's how important it is. And some of you folks come from places that teach that's a parable. I'm going to take you and show you where it cannot be a parable, show you the scriptures to back up what it's talking about, and do my very best to do that. That's where I was going to go, and I saw that we were, we were done went an hour and 40 minutes, and it, it will take us a while to go through all those scriptures. So anyway, that's what also we're going to do this coming, Lord willing, this coming Sunday night. Thanks, Brother David. Good job, good job, Brother Kevin. God bless each and every one of you in the chat room. Lord willing, we'll see you Sunday night. Good night, Brother. Good
0: night, Pastor Don. Good, good night. night, all. Have you been to Jesus
3: for the cleansing fire? Are you washed in the blood of the land? Are you fully trusting in His grace this Are you washed in the blood?